Hello, beautiful muses, and welcome back to the Be Your Own Muse podcast. I'm Katie Skinner, and I will be guiding you through a journey today, uh, a journey (laughs) that ultimately uh, serves the goal and mission of bringing you back to yourself, like your your real self, Um, the version of you that was born in this world. You came into this world with a set of instructions on who you were going to be and what lights you up and your happiest version, right? Just the version of yourself that I could go on. I don't know. That's 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 for another day. Um, but I do believe that the trauma of childbirth, I think it's just traumatic for every baby. It's like, whoa, it's so cold out here and bright and loud. Um, we tend to forget. Um, so yeah, not your fake self. I don't think your fake self really gets it done at the end of the day. I personally feel like uh the mask we kind of just put on to kind of just get through the day you know what i'm talking about like we all know that we're just different people around our parents our bosses our certain friends god i mean i used to live that way i mean even around if we around friends as i'm saying that right now i'm like wow i used to like front in front of friends like potential dating partners and now i think everybody knows like you get what you get even <laughs> even when i'm like at um like the front desk of something like if, or I'm on the phone with like somebody who works in customer service and they're obviously doing this customer service voice to me because it's like, I, I mean, I get it. I've, I've worked in customer service. I, I know, I mean, I know the deal. <laughs> um, I, it's like it to me, like when someone does their customer service voice or like I can like vibrationally feel when somebody is faking their voice for me or in general. And it feels like nails on a, on a, on a blackboard what's it called like yeah like nails on a chalkboard that's what it is um and i just always want to tell them like dude like it's cool like it's okay you don't need to 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 do this like i also believe that changing your authentic voice um is bad for your vocal cords like it actually hurts your throat and tends to scratch up um I don't know if you've ever experienced um, talking for a long period of time. Maybe you had a networking event or a conference, a vacation, like just kind of a, a period of your life where you were talking for a long time uh, and your voice hurts after a, a day or two or an hour. Um, I believe that if you spoke in your authentic voice, uh, you <laughs> would not hurt your, your throat as much. And I learned that the hard way when I started recording podcasts and videos where I would just be like explaining stuff, man, you could hear within 30 minutes, my voice started to get really squeaky because I was talking in a higher pitch uh, because I thought that that's what people wanted to hear from me. Um, In reality, my real voice is actually pretty deep. Um, And I was very afraid of what I was saying. And so my throat tensed up. Um, We all believe in the mind-body connection at this point, right? Like, I mean, if you're afraid, if you have fear, your body will signal to your vocal cords to tense up and like, it's just not comfortable. Um, so like I said, I personally feel like the masks we put on to kind of just like get through the day ends up making our lives way harder. That's my belief. Um, and man, I do see a lot of evidence of it everywhere. I do feel like, um, being your authentic self really just gives you a lot of shortcuts in life. Um, it, it always gives you the scenic route. Um, it always gives you just like a lot of treasure. Like, I just feel like I'm always finding hitting treasure when I, when I truly stick to my gut. Um, so that's kind of what this episode's about. So anyway, (laughs) um, I've gotten a couple, couple of people asking me lately, what is shadow work? How do you do it? Um, so in the spirit of Halloween coming up, why not? Let's talk about it. Let's get spooky. By the way, um, if you are listening to this on Spotify, you may have just heard the intro music. I mean, it's pretty snazzy, right? Full disclosure, that is not my music. I did not write that. That is by a very talented artist known as Haley Blaze. 
not my music, but if you're on Spotify, you're able to hear it. If you're not on Spotify, then you didn't hear it um, because of, of copyright reasons and whatnot. So either way, I digress. Um, let's get into the episode. So um, <laughs> we're getting spooky, right? Happy Halloween, all the stuff. Um, I'm going to face one of my big fears tonight. Um, <laughs> some of you are going to laugh at me. That's fine. I'm, I've accepted that at this point in the podcast that sometimes I'm gonna, you're going to laugh at me. Um, I'm going to one of those theme park Halloween haunts, you know, with the haunted houses and the scare zones and the, the, the roller coasters, like essentially they shut down the the theme park at night and it becomes Halloween themed. Um, the one local to me is King's Dominion. If you're in Virginia, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's like, I feel like every area has one. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, haunted houses just put me in such a deep state of fight or flight that I cannot even enjoy them. Roller coasters, love them. Scary movies, cool. I'm not like a huge scary movie or like horror fan. Um, I'm not going to say like I am because I know there are some people who really are. Um, But uh, one of my friends um, was able to get free tickets because her dad works for King's Dominion. So when a group of your friends are going, um, you say yes. (laughs) Because it's, I mean, it's fun. Like, I enjoy Halloween. Don't get me wrong. But it's, like, just being in a haunted house, oh, my God. Like, it, it really feels like my soul leaves my body. And I am just completely terrified. And so now I'm going to take that chance to check in with my breath. I did some research. <laughs> I literally Googled, like, how to get over your fear of haunted houses. And I found some pretty solid tips. Um, <laughs> some pretty solid advice. I think across the board, it's, like... Um, Notice your breathing. Make sure it's not shallow, intense. Um, have fun. Remind yourself that this is for fun. Um, something that I used to do when I was really afraid of roller coasters, I used to just be like deathly afraid of them. Um, fun fact, I literally peed my pants on one when I was 11 because I went on a roller coaster and I just hated it so much. Oh my God. I've never been afraid of flying, but roller coasters were, was just too much for me. Um, I would watch the people as they got off. Like when the roller coaster ends, you know, when you're getting on, you can see coming off. Um, I would watch them and look at their faces. And m- most of the time, like 99.99% of the time, they would be like, wow, that was so fun. And like, they just seemed excited. Um, and I just like reminded myself a lot, like people pay to do these things and it's not like actually torture. It's just, it's just fun. And so being in the mindset of like, this is just fun. Um, Last time Evan and I went to King's Dominion was in 2019. Um, and Evan was like, oh, let's go on this roller coaster. It's like an indoor roller coaster that, and so we stood in line for it. And then when we got to the beginning of the line, um, there was like an employee with a flashlight and she was like letting people in. And she said something like, don't touch the monsters. They won't touch you. Like space yourself out. Enjoy. And I was like, wait, what? Don't touch the monsters. It turns out we were in line for a haunted house. And... My tactic at that time, uh, because one of my one of my best friends also works at a haunted forest, and so we would go there to visit them and just to kind of support and see them in their in their element, which is really fun. But my tactic thus far, when when doing these things, and now I'm like in a haunted house and I can't get out, um, is to scream the entire time. Like I will look down at the floor um, and I'll scream the whole time. Uh, because one, you're looking down at the floor. Um, so you don't really see anything. <laughs> um, and two, if you're screaming, then the, like this, 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 it depends on the people. But like, to me, when you're screaming, the haunters, um, know 
that you're afraid and they don't bother you. They always like go for the people who, who are acting smug and who like are trying not to, uh, like they're trying to show off or like they, they, maybe they didn't see you. So they're trying to scare you. Um, I actually, fun fact, did work in a haunted house for one single night in 2018, I think. Um, yeah, 2018, just for a single night, I was a clown that popped out at people. So like, I was literally a jump scare and I can say for certain that when somebody shows that they're scared, like they scream, I was, I just kind of like left them alone. But if somebody like didn't get scared, you would like, I would want to scare them more. Or I was like, did you see me? Like, oh my God, I'm scary. I'm a clown. So, uh, (laughs) there's that. So I'm going to face that fear tonight. And so in this podcast episode, I ask you to kind of like go with me on this journey and um, be open-minded to, to where it takes you. Um, very on point with Halloween. So with the new moon in Aries coming, well, gone, it was last week, I believe. It was actually a couple of days ago to when I'm recording this right now, actually. So by the time we're listening to it, it was last week. Um, a lot of people use these full moons to leave something behind and step into something new, which is essentially what I'm asking you to do in this podcast. It's like, okay, there's something that needs to be left behind of, of old identity And then something new is ready to step in. And if you're anything like me, um, I really love leaving things behind and stepping into new things. I love erasing things and starting over. I love throwing stuff away and buying new things. I love reinventing myself every couple of years. Um, But that's kind of like, this this podcast is going to ask you to see that differently because I really love reinventing myself. But shadow work is really all about the integration of of parts of yourself that you may have left behind. So when I say things like, you know, leave something behind and from something new, what I'm really saying is like habits, um, identities. Like if you identified as, for example, with me, if I identify as somebody who's afraid of roller coasters and haunted houses, maybe it's time to just like leave that identity behind and just be Katie. Like who is Katie? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Katie goes to the haunted houses with her friends and has a good time. That's who Katie is. And I'm just like leaving that identity behind. Like when it's an identity that doesn't serve you. Um, so I used to identify as Katie who is terrified of roller coasters. And anytime I saw a roller coaster, my habit would be to say, Oh no, absolutely not. And I left that identity identity behind. And now I love roller coasters. So that's kind of what I mean there, but you'll, you'll, when we get there, um, I talk mostly about integration. So, I don't personally believe that it's too late with that being said about the full moon. Um, it's not too late. <laughs> so if you're like, Oh great. I missed it. Uh, no, there's always, it's always a good time to do this work. When I started doing this work, I did not pay attention to the moons. I did not pay attention to the transits. I didn't pay attention to anything. Um, I think that that can be a bit of a, um, scapegoat. I've seen some people use like astrology in the moon and the stars and whatever to be like an excuse to not do something. Um, I didn't pay attention to any of that stuff until very recently. Um, And whenever there's like a new moon or a full moon in something that I have in my chart, I'll pay attention to that now. Um, So very, very briefly, that's, we're not going to get into astrology too much in this podcast, but for example, um, my IC is in Aries. And if you don't know what an IC is, it's the part of you, it's IC is a, is a um, acronym and it's, it means something in Latin and I can't tell you what it is right now, but I can tell you what it means. (laughs) Um, it means like it's, it's the part of you that you repress. Um, so the part of you that you're afraid of other people 
seeing, and it's typically the opposite, not typically, it is, it always is the opposite of your midheaven. So if you just like literally Google your astrology chart, go to CoStar, go to, I don't know, just, I just go to Google and I just Google, um, astrology chart, free astrology chart, whatever. Um, if you put in your information and then look up your midheaven, my midheaven is in Libra. Your midheaven is like your success, like what, what to lean into for like a successful career, I guess. I think that astrology like definitely is deeper than career and like surpasses career, but whatever. So my IC is an Aries. So that the qualities of Aries, um, you know, leadership, competitiveness, stubbornness, um, just like being like, like, I just think of like a big horn sheep, like just um, the willingness to fight someone else for a mate. Like that's what bighorn sheep do. Um, bigger horns is, is better. Like just hot tempered, but solid leaders. Um, that's something in myself that I repress. So with this particular full moon, I paid strong attention to that um, because that means that I can like integrate the qualities of Aries that tend to make me feel uncomfortable um, because they are, I, I know this already. So whatever that's personal and that's like on a personal note, that's just me. Um, but you know, if you, if you do or do not resonate with the full moons and like do whatever you want, it's cool. Um, so it's always a good time to do this work. Um, but in case you're not super into astrology, you're new, you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, I just kind of explain that to give you an idea of like what everyone is talking about. But again, I didn't pay attention to astrology that much until about a year ago. I was just kind of going with the vibes and just like living my life and doing the work that I'm about to express to you um, without really thinking about human design or astrology. I do think that people can get really excited when it comes to labels. um, And I don't like that. I definitely encourage people to live outside of labels and then over time, um, read up and like do research on the ones that resonate with you and then expand, expand, expand. So sometimes when I talk about astrology, people get like really intimidated and they're like, Whoa, Ooh, I don't know about this whole midheaven, you know, I see Aries, whatever stuff. Um, just know that like, it's fine. Like it's, it's chill. You don't need to know what the hell I'm talking about. I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a background. Um, okay. So in short shadow work, this is, this is the way I see it. <laughs> shadow work is a compassionate look at the deep repressed fragmented parts of ourselves and integrating them into who you are now. So if you've heard about shadow work on Instagram, TikTok, I think those are the two places that a lot of people hear about them. Maybe you've read about it in a book somewhere. Um, it sounds like a deep, overly personal, uncomfortable therapy. Like people talk about crying, throwing up, changing their entire lives, going through breakups, quitting their jobs. Probably the most dramatic uh, piece of astrology that astrology, oh my God, piece of spirituality that exists, personal development, whatever. It's like always super dramatic (laughs) when you hear people talking about it. Um, So at this point, we all know that spirituality and being better people is not all about love and light. We know that there's some dark nights of the soul involved and um, it can get a little ugly. Okay. So what, what, what is shadow work? (laughs) In essence, it's putting yourself back together. That's the way that I see it. Some people see it as like, forcing yourself to look at the parts of yourself that you hate and changing your life and throwing your ego in the garbage. And I just, I have a little bit more of a compassionate view about it. I think it's really exciting to me um, because you get to ask yourself, who were you before the world told you that you couldn't be? And yes, it is uncomfortable. It gets hard and scary because people admit to themselves that they were being inauthentic. You were being fake because you were afraid that 
if you didn't become this person, nobody would love you. You wouldn't get ahead in life. And so when people say that person has a big ego or you're living through ego, to me, the ego serves as the, the, it's like, I think of it as like a knight or like a soldier, um, that is trying to, um, is trying to, what's the word? It's trying to protect you from feeling bad, (laughs) um, from, from feeling unsafe, feeling unloved. Like it's trying to protect you. So if you're acting out of your ego, like a great example is you dress up really fancy, even though you can't afford it. And you're just like always flexing on people. And you're always like trying to stunt for the gram and whatever example can come to your mind. That's just like the first one that came to my mind. To me, that's living in your ego because you're afraid that if you don't do those things, people won't love you. And that's scary, right? Like being confronted with that fear is, 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 is very scary. Um, so it's, people admit that they're being inauthentic. They feel confused. They look at things with themselves that they don't want to, and maybe admit some uncomfortable stuff to themselves. The way that I see it, it is such a beautiful thing. Anytime I see a story, um, mostly see these on TikTok. I feel like Instagram is a little behind on this personally, but we're getting better. Um, so whenever I see people talk about who they were before and after a breakup, like leaving a friend group, um, or something like that, where there's like a transformation in terms of your mental and spiritual health. Um, I, I love it, <laughs> especially a big thing. A big, big thing is the pandemic. Oh my God. People, um, maybe they got laid off or maybe they started working from home or they had to make some huge adjustment in their life that brought up a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain, a lot of, um, just, I mean, correct me if I am wrong, but I felt like 2020 was just like such a year for people to realize that like everything they thought they knew about themselves was wrong, or they had to be confronted with like, wow, maybe I'm not so good at working from home. Maybe I'm really good at showing up at the office and like, you know, with the day-to-day distractions of people, of coworkers, of always, always having a boss that I can impress. Like, who are you if you don't have a boss to impress? You know what I mean? Who are you if you can't like regularly go out to bars on Friday nights for distraction? Who are you if everything, like you are, all, all the distractions are taken away from you? So that's why that was such a beautiful time, um, a beautiful time for shadow work for a lot of people. Um, so, I mean, any anything that asks you, who am I living for is such a valuable question. Who who are you like catering to? Who are you energetically pointing to? I think most people have that person or those people or like, let's say that person in their life that they are living for. Like, who do you dress for? Who, who do you, who do you secretly hope looks at your Instagram story? Who has that like, that, that, that cord that you're connected to somebody who you might not even talk to, but who are you like low key stunting on these days? <laughs> so a very good example of what I'm talking about here. If you go to TikTok and you look up Morgan Presley XO, I think she has like millions of followers. So maybe you've heard of her. Maybe not. There's a lot of people on TikTok. Um, she's also on Instagram. She goes through such an epic transformation in my opinion. And I love that she's so honest with, um, you like, okay. So before the pandemic, you can see her like Instagram aesthetic is very, how should I say basic? (laughs) It's very, um, neutral tone and she's got like pretty blonde hair and she like takes selfies with her makeup. And like, I hope that you understand me well enough at this point to know that I'm not saying any of those things individually are bad. Um, and if I saw her, I would say like, wow, that's a beautiful woman. Wow. She's so artsy and creative and cool. And like her TikTok such, takes such beautiful photos. However, she herself has admitted to the fact that like she, um, 
was living for others in that way because she was bullied in middle and high school. So she kind of learned in college, like who to be so that people would leave her alone and accept her. And, um, I've seen lots of other people share this story. Like they have long blonde hair and they do their makeup in this like feminine way. And then 2020 came and I'm speaking about Morgan Presley specifically. Um, she like chopped her hair. She has like a mullet hairstyle now dyed her hair orange and just like very obviously looks different. She just like has her own aesthetic at this point. I can't even like give her a label on what, how she dresses. Um, and a lot of people shared the story of like, I mean, I, I know I shaved my head in 2019. I shaved my head because I was just like so tired of feeling like people treating me a certain way. I just like wanted to let go of dead weight and I wanted to be myself and I didn't want to feel like I had to act like anybody and I just wanted to be myself. And so, um, Morgan Press's transformation is so epic in my opinion. Um, she expresses herself. Like I just realized that there's a TikTok that she talks about this, but she was saying like, I was living for other people. And then I came to the realization that I'm going to have to live with myself. Like on my deathbed, I'm going to feel like I wasn't somebody else enough. Like I just wasn't good enough. I was, I was like, I could always be better if that makes sense. Like I could always like when you're yourself, there's like no comparison, but if you're trying to live up to be somebody else or somebody else's, um, perception of how you should be, um, then it's like, it's always a competition and it's always going to be a competition. Um, I sometimes low key love looking at, um, there's an Instagram account. There's another Instagram account. It's called hooked on the look. Um, and it just, it's mostly about people who do dramatic personal transformations, who have plastic surgery, who get a bunch of plastic surgery, who get a bunch of tattoos or like remove all their tattoos. Like they just do something extreme um, in their personal appearances. And there was this one woman who was featured on there who um, was an Ariana Grande impersonator. I think she was like, I don't think she like actually performed concerts, but she dressed, she looked like her, she dressed like her. And then she would like make appearances like her. Um, I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, I mean, not funny, but like, it's just interesting that like she basically is like living in her shadow and building her career off of that. But then she expressed that it, um, while she got a huge following and she made lots of money, it really ruined her mental health because she's constantly living in somebody else's shadow. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's brutal. I I can't even imagine. So I went through some intense shadow work in 2018 to 2019. I mean, those two years were just wow wowie kazowie um if you're not familiar i basically quit my job started my own business moved to dc um i lost a lot of friends um everything everything changed um i got into a lot of debt and then i paid it all off like with my the money for my business i started putting myself out there on social media more i felt like i was more muted as well um in 2017 like i just kind of posted like aesthetic pictures or like pictures with my friends or selfies, like very innocent stuff. But then I really started to break free and like promoting my business and like saying these hard truths that now to me is like a regular Tuesday. But at the time, like, man, it pissed off a lot of people. And wow. I mean, it brought everything up to the surface, mostly exposing my people pleasing tendencies, how I just like made my whole life for other people. And, um, I was just like on this trend of trying to appease people because, because again, I deeply felt like from my childhood, I mean, have good reason to have felt this way. It's just a matter of choosing to feel a different way. Um, I felt like I was not 
um, my, I couldn't be loved if I was myself, like all of my safety and everything was, um, by pretending to be somebody I wasn't like, just, I just constantly feel like I was tricking people. God, it was just, it was hard. Um, it was so intense that there would be weeks where I could barely leave my bed, but then there'd be other days where I would just like scramble to change everything. So I was working really hard. I would be traveling a lot. I would be really, really social some days and I would be like building my business. Um, I, I remember there would be days where I literally felt like I was losing my mind. Like I would try to go. So I would like feel stressed or feel sad or something angry, whatever, just a feeling that is uncomfortable. And I would try to go into my brain for comfort. And there was just none. Like the old, it was like the old me was fizzling. Like, like she just wasn't there anymore. The version of me that had like the the more childlike perspective. Um, and the new me just had to figure it out. I can say now though, for sure that when I'm, this is something I'm really proud of when I feel stress or hardship, and I'm just like sitting with my thoughts and feelings and I'm like, okay, what is this feeling? Um, sometimes I'm like, whoa, hey, a couple of years ago, I would just like not even sit and process. I would just order takeout and eat the whole thing or call someone up to distract me or go to the bar or just like something to kind of like externalize, like externalize myself and not go within. Um, and again, I want to say that not that any of those things are bad. I still do all those things. Um, But man, I swear, if you just sit with your feelings for a few minutes and do your absolute best to get to the root of your feeling, you will feel so much better and you will enjoy that takeout more. You'll actually savor the time with your friends and you won't project as much. So have you ever like been with somebody who been like, like around somebody who's in just in a bad mood and they're being mean and you ask them what's wrong and they're like, oh, nothing. Or they're like, oh, the server got my food wrong. And they're just like, really angry. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, this is not about the food. Is it like, this is something deeper? What is that? And people who do this work that I'm talking about right now, don't just do not scream at servers. They just don't like, I have never in my life ever, 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 ever screamed at a server. And part of that is like people pleasing tendencies. Like I want everyone to like me. But now like I, I feel less of this like need for strangers to like me but I just am able to regulate emotionally way better. Um, so, okay. Okay. Cool. I think at this point you pretty much have a basic understanding. Um, so how do you know that you need to do shadow work? How, how do you, what, how do you know? Um, so here's a couple, a couple things that I've jot down here. Um, number one, you feel like in life, nothing is going your way. So more specifically, um, you feel like you just hate everything. You can't get on social media without getting upset. Everything that people do annoys you. I mean, there's a difference between feeling like the world is kind of just, your their priorities are a little whack, wacky sometimes versus like just seeing a selfie of somebody annoys you. Um, there's somebody in my life who's a really good example of this. Like she just gets triggered by everything on social media. And I'm like, hmm, like what? Like what, aren't you curious? Like what is there? Like what's, what's underneath that? Um, you just feel like you're, you're dissatisfied with everything. Um, so the best analogy I can think of this one is like, okay, so let's say that your room is really, really messy right now. I mean, my room is pretty messy right now, so I'm not throwing any shade, but like your room is really messy and you're just like constantly annoyed that you can never find anything. You are always late when you have to get ready because you're like scrambling to find things. 
Um, you, you're, you're complaining that your room is a mess. You complain that you can't sleep. You complain that you can't focus. And your room is, is messy. <laughs> it's like disorganized. And I believe that the thought, that the thoughts in our mind can be disorganized. Like the logical patterns that flow in our brain can be all sorts of whack. And I've never considered myself to be like an organized person, like with planners and, uh, you know, systems and stuff like that. Um, I tend to be a little bit more spontaneous when it comes to those things, but I can tell you for a fact that I am very mentally organized. Like my, my logical patterns have a clear flow. Um, I have a very good, like if this, then that system going on. Um, and I actually took a class in college, a philosophy class that really, really helped me. Um, we had a system, there was like a, an exercise called like the philosophy of or the mathematics of philosophy, I think it was, where you just like mapped out like logical assumptions and just like, if I have this emotion, then what do I do? Like, okay, what's the protocol for this emotion? And um, that took work. That took work. And I highly recommend looking, like getting a book on philosophy. Um, I have a book called Everyday Philosophy or sorry, Philosophy for Everyday Life um, that I read. And it just like helps you navigate issues in your brain. Like, okay, let's say that this is something that you're dealing with. Um, and it just like kind of walks you through it. It's really, really powerful. I think philosophy books in general are just like really helpful for getting more mentally organized. Also therapy, of course. Um, and any self-help book that you feel like you trust, like you have a good feeling about, there's a lot out there that are just garbage in my opinion, but, um, uh, anyone that feels like it's going to teach you something to get organized around a certain problem in your life, I think, um, is really, really helpful. Um, so next, uh, tip or whatever, next way that you know you need to do shadow work. Um, you're stuck in a cyclical, cyclical pattern. This one's pretty self-explanatory. If you always feel like you're constantly dating the same person, even if they're different people, they're constantly the same person, constantly befriending the same person. Oh my God, that one was me. I didn't realize this. Um, I was constantly befriending my sister. <laughs> I mean, people like my sister. So my sister and I, when we were little kids, had a really great relationship and everything was fine. And then after a certain point, our relationship went really sour when we became teenagers. And it was just like way more strained. We started fighting more. Um, and then we kind of just like went like not entirely, like I never like cut her off or anything. Like she's always been in my life, but like we just stopped being close. Like we stopped being best friends and we kind of just went our separate ways. So I didn't realize this, but like unconsciously I was constantly befriending people that reminded me of her. So that if I repaired our friendship, like if I made friends with this person, it was like I was repairing my friendship with my sister, if that makes sense. Um, so that's a really good example. Um, all of your bosses, no matter how many jobs you quit, you just keep having the same boss or the same shitty coworker. Um, they, they can't all be like this, right? Like not all bosses, all women, all men, all whatever, all people are like this. So why is it that you keep landing and like, like putting yourself in the same situation over and over and over again? Um, Again, that's cause for pause, right? Like cause for shadow work. Um, another one, I guess my last one, is you have really negative self-talk. And you know this one whether or not you know it. Like if you have really negative self-talk, I want to say that that's really common. But I also want to say that that's not normal. Uh, I think talking to yourself in a negative way is just, it's mean. Like you you can't, okay, this is, this is a harsh, harsh truth, but this is what I really strongly feel. And I had to tell myself this. I remember in 2014, I made a serious effort to 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 like really work with my negative self-talk. Um, if you talk to yourself in a negative way, you can absolutely consider yourself a mean person because that's a nice person is nice in general. They're not nice only when they need something from somebody or only from people who they're afraid of because they're an authority. Like you're nice to your boss. You're nice to your coworkers because these are people who can affect your life. 
Um, you're nice to your friends because you don't want to be considered a bad person or you're nice to your mom because you don't want to start drama with her. If you're not, if you're, if you're not nice to yourself, you can, you can assume that you're not a nice person. And I know that's a hard truth. Um, and that's really the way that I see it. And that really, really kind of woke me up to realize that, um, I, I needed, I needed help with a, with a negative self-help patterns, self, sorry, self-talk patterns. Um, now if I ever feel like I need to be pretty harsh with somebody or I need to say something that's unpopular or, um, like maybe not treat somebody nicer than I would treat myself. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not so syrupy sweet with strangers anymore. I tend to conserve my energy. Not that I'm like rude, but like I just really feel like I'm not wasting so much energy and just like needing everyone around me to like me. And I tend to speak more in like a straight, um, like fact of the matter is kind of way with people. Um, but I feel like I get so much more done that way. I'm not like constantly in my head, like, oh my God, does this person like me? Does this person like me? Whatever. Um, I, I do feel like I get things done more and I come, I actually feel like I leave a social interaction feeling like I, um, I, I got work, I got work done. Not that it has to be about productivity, but like I communicated well, they understood me and there's so much less, um, what's the word? Uh, miscommunications than there ever was in my life before. And I'm really proud of this because I've been working really, really hard on it. Um, and also again, like if somebody's like, Oh, you're mean, nobody calls me mean by the way. But if I ever like kind of think like, Oh, was that mean? Um, I know that I, I am a nice person. I treat people around me nicely. I treat myself nicely. Um, I'm very generous with the people who have, who have made it into a certain tier and like circle in my life. And I'm very, very nice to myself. Um, so that's something that I feel like I've come a really long way. But I, what I will say is that, like, as women, like, or social, or, or um, people who are socialized as women, they tend to expect, like, the world, society, whatever, tends to expect niceness out of them way more. Um, it's a little bit harder for women to stop being so syrupy sweet with people because then people are like, oh, she's a bitch, right? Like, and that's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you is like being called a bitch. And that's the shadow work is like working through that and, and um, like working through that and saying like, you know what, it's okay. Even if I'm the only one who believes this or sticks up for myself, that's okay. And I love myself anyway. And another part of like self-love in my opinion is like stop putting yourself in these situations where people are going to be sexist towards you. Like people are going to make assumptions about you because you're a woman and you can't control everybody in the world, of course. But I mean, I just like don't put myself in situations anymore that, that I constantly have to prove myself to. I know um, the, I used to work in like a really male dominated industry um, when I was working like a real job, I guess you should say. Um, and I just like was constantly felt like I got out of bed to prove sexism wrong and it was just like so exhausting that now I feel like I'm doing more for the world um than I was in that industry like I just feel like I'm making a bigger impact I'm like being a better example to people I'm I'm it's easier for me to be nice to myself because I can sleep better at night and I'm, I'm giving examples of myself not because I want to like brag about how freaking awesome I am but like to really give you a picture of what the mind of somebody who's consistently does the shadow work sounds like um and you you get it like it's it's I just don't want to like brag <laughs> but 
it, re- it really is like, okay, so what does it sound like? What thought patterns does somebody who has done this shadow work have? Um, so if I had just described your life when I said all of these things, like, how do you know you need to do shadow work? That's, that's totally okay. Because shadow work is not a one and done thing. It is like a, it's like a consistent thing to do. You might feel like you're going through an intensive and like, like I said, 2018, 2019 for me were huge, hugely transformational years for me. But that being said, I did feel like when the pandemic hit, I did feel a lot more prepared. Um, like, I mean, of course it sucked and I didn't love it. And <laughs> like, but it didn't rock my world in the way that it could have because I was just like a little bit more prepared, um, like switching to working from home, like wasn't so messed up for me. Um, and I was so much better with boundaries with people. And I was so much better with walking away from situations that I didn't want to be in um, because I had done so much work. So again, it's not a one and done, even though if you feel like you just got out of like an intensive weekend or like maybe you went on a trip that, didn't go so well. And you're like, why didn't this trip go so well? Like, I have a really good example of that. When I went to Greece, like, I just was like, why, why am I not living like the Mamma Mia life like right now? Like, why does this kind of suck? And then I had to ask myself, like, what were my expectations? And that's shadow work. Like, why did my expectations not feel fulfilled? Why are my expectations of this person causing me suffering? Um, I just want to say like, that, that really is okay. Um, All we could do is start, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is like, not think about the stuff at all. And like, just like, there are so many people who are in a consistent state of protecting and comforting themselves. Um, that to me is so blatantly obvious. What I will say is that if you are listening to this podcast and you got this far, like hallelujah, like praise the Lord, you are just leaps and bounds above so many people. And not because it's my podcast, but like, if you are interested in this stuff and you've listened this far to me, it's like a clear indicator that you care about yourself and the people around you who you affect. And like, I just feel like one of the biggest issues in our world is like this constant need to like put up your blinders, protect and comfort yourself over and over and over again. And that, I mean, I could go on a whole other tangent about that, but I believe that if you're so accustomed to choosing comfort, like physical comfort, emotional comfort, spiritual comfort, like um, then you're, you're not cultivating genuine confidence and you are (laughs) like, you're not setting yourself up for success. Like, it's just like all these muscles are being unworked and you don't have strength so that when something does really challenge you, like, I don't know, a pandemic or, uh, you lose your job or just like something happens, like you fall apart. Um, and that's not confidence. That's, that's comfort, you know? And then what if like, you don't have anything to comfort you? I mean, I feel really, really passionate about that, but let's move on for now. So if you currently have a coach, therapist, mentor, somebody in your life, um, I highly recommend that you bring up the concept of shadow work to them if they haven't brought it up to you already and ask them to keep you accountable because everybody has their thing. Their thing that they're worried about being too much of, too silly, too talkative, too confident, too, just like too, too much, too aggressive. So like what I was saying earlier about, um, Aries being in my IC, all the qualities of Aries that exist are ones that I tend to repress. So if you want somewhere to start and you're into astrology, like I recommend looking into that because it's like a good place to start. But I think like right now, by this point, you probably have an idea of like, what in society do you feel like you, you know, if everything would go better, if I was just less blank, less whatever. Um, So pain behind these stories is real. You'll never catch me discounting that. No way, Jose. Like, 
I'm not saying that these stories are silly or that they're just like all in your head. Uh, I mean, like the, the, the chemistry in our head, the feelings and the emotions that we have tend to create our reality or like a, have a massive impact and effect on our reality. Um, so I'm not saying that it's in your head because it's, it's real. It's a feedback loop. Uh, I mean, the majority of the psychological suffering that I have had is not knowing who, who am I? without other people telling me who I can be. So like, let's say that you do the shadow work and you achieve self-actualization, whatever. Um, who, who are you then? You know, like, I think that's a lot of things a lot of people worry about is like, um, that they realize that their entire personality is based off of, um, who like being people being the person that protects themselves from discomfort. Um, but like, okay, so I, fa- I found, <laughs> when I found my piece, I, um, when I did my shadow work and I stopped being needlessly competitive with other women, stopped needing to seek validation on social media or partake in all sorts of craziness like that, I, like I said, I really found my piece. But then you get kind of bored and your brain's like, okay, where can I go from here? We can't go back. Like, we can't just, like, leap back into these habits that we've already established are unhealthy. Um, I can't just like er, act like a hurt child anymore or like an unloved outcast teenager because for me personally, that was a huge wound of mine was like feeling like a weirdo outcast teenager um, and then like projecting that into my adult life. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that way forever. And like, that's not even real anymore. Like high school's over. So how do we, how do we rebuild? Where do I go from here? And this is where you allow your piece to show you what to create. So you may have heard me talking about finding your muse, right? Like be your own muse, right? Um, I talk about this a lot on the podcast and talk about this a lot with coaching clients, courses that I've made. And I really want people to get creative on how to find their own inspiration, their own spark, their own message. And that really comes through when you've begun the process of integrating the shadow. So it's never over. It's just like a process that you go through. It's like a, a friend that you pick up along the way. Um, a model I teach my students is that your muse is composed of three parts. Your shadow, we've talked about that. Your higher self, which is like the version of yourself that is inspired and connected to truth, like connected to the universe, connected to God, like just doesn't believe in limitations and just knows that if you follow your intuition, things will work out for you. Like you'll find the the path less traveled, the one that leads you to like a more abundant lifestyle, like just more happiness, more money, more... Um, resources, more friends, more opportunity that like your ego just cannot even fathom. Like your ego is just like so convinced that this world sucks and everything is doom and gloom, but your higher self is like really craving to show you the way. Um, and then number three, the professional. So I coined this, um, from the book war of art, but I put my uh, own twist on it. The professional is like the version of you that like has tools, like has the resources and is ready to get stuff done. They're on a mission. Um, if you balance and integrate these three, you'll just find your life getting better. I mean, what else can I say? Better, more beautiful, and you will be stuck. You will get out of like the stuck feeling of, okay, I'm aware of my problems, but now what? Because that's a terrible place to be. I, I mean, I, I know it's like, a lot of people don't want to go to therapy. They don't want to get self-help. They don't want to do these things because they're afraid of what's on the other side. And like the muse really wants to show you what's on the other side and help you. Um, so it's not about representing your, repress, repressing your shadow, sorry, and being mean to yourself. It's about integrating it, which 
I think is what a lot of people get wrong is that like they feel like once you find out these parts of yourself that are your shadow, you should just uh, repress it and like be mean to it and like tell it to shut up and like not be nice to yourself. But that's kind of what got us here, right? Is like not being nice to ourselves. So it's really about integrating it. And I think that so many people are afraid to reflect on what makes them unique. Um, And a lot of that is your story. It's your shadow. It's like the parts of you that make you interesting. So to kind of leave you with some food for thought, you can, I I recommend actually that you actually genuinely um, journal on this. Like you truly like put pen to paper and, or discuss this with a friend or your therapist or whatever resonates with you. But I really recommend that you build traction on this. Um, Ask yourself the following questions. What scares you? what does being brave mean to you? So like, okay, so what scares you? Then what would it mean to be brave in the face of that? What holds you back? And this is a big one. What would you do if social media did not exist? So I see that one going in a couple different directions. One, it's like, okay, how would you dress if social media didn't exist? And you just like kind of lived for yourself, right? Uh, And then another one is like, you'd probably actually call your friends, right? Instead of like just posting for them to see stuff like maybe you'd actually call them and I think maybe you should do that um would you write letters to people I don't know like just think about that what would you do with your day if you didn't have to work for money and I'm not saying don't work because some people like working some people like being productive but if you weren't in a state of like I have to do this for money what would you do what would you stop doing and what would you start doing so like what would your day look like if if you didn't have to work for money, because that's something that takes up a lot of people's time and energy is working for money. And I'm totally, I totally, totally get that. Um, but in 2018 and 2019, I started to ask myself like, well, what if I didn't have to go here for money? Then what would I do? And then my higher self just kind of like guided me into ways that I could make money in other ways. Um, and here we are. I hope this gives you some food for thought. Um, I always love hearing what you guys think. This episode was really special and important and personal to me. So I hope you got something from it. Um, You can write in to me on Instagram at funky Aphrodite. I just, I love hearing what you guys think. I love seeing where you guys take this stuff. And if you have a friend who needs to hear something, I think that means that you have cool friends because that means that um, they are thinking and they're reflecting and, uh, Go ahead and share that with them because it would mean a lot to me. It helps me grow this podcast. And happy Halloween, my friends. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.